Well, good morning. My name is Zach. You usually know me as the guy who's behind the guitar up here. Uh, associate pastor here at the Christian Church of Estes Park, where we're here to be disciples that build disciples. And uh, I get to bring the word this morning um, and talk about, continue in our centered series. Um, I'm going to keep this up here too. Last time I spoke, I about died, so I'm going to keep some liquid up here. Um, but it's good to see you all here. Um, we're going to continue in our Centered series, um, talking a little bit about today, what it means to worship God at church. Uh, the whole Center series is really about becoming a full-time worshiper and what that means, setting time aside for Christ, um, setting a time aside for our we talked about our, uh, making our schedule, putting our, um, as we make our schedule, setting time for, for the Lord, and then also making a quiet time. We talked about last week and what that looks like. Um, and then this week, we're talking about how uh, we worship God at church and why that's important. And if you haven't seen the last two, uh, if you haven't seen the last two sermons or heard them, I challenge you to go onto our Facebook page or onto our website, and you'll be able to find those there. Um, just... Uh, a good way to uh, to really listen to really all of these ser- the whole sermon series goes together, and how we can um, this different these different things in our lives how we can make time for Christ in them. And today we're specifically talking about Sunday morning. Um, but before we get into it, um, we're going to get into our memory verse today, and it's the same memory verse that we've been memorizing the past two weeks. Ephesians 5.15 says this, it says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. And so why are we going through this passage each week? Each week? There's, a, there's a purpose behind it. The series talks about, like I said, it talks about being wise with our time. It talks about putting Christ at the center of of our time. So be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. We get to talk about uh, a little bit more today how that looks. Um, but it's important for us to put this on our hearts so when we think about, when we go through our daily lives, when we go through our week, we can remember this verse and say, I need to live wise and put Christ first. Well, if you have a Bible this morning, go ahead and open it up to Hebrews. 10. Uh, if you have one of our Bibles, it's on page 842. If you uh, don't have a Bible this morning, feel free to grab one of ours. It's there by the sound booth back there. Um, you're welcome to, to borrow one of those. And if you don't have, if uh, some of you don't have a Bible at all, uh, we welcome you to take one of ours and to take it home and to read it. Um, just uh, it's an awesome thing uh, to read because it is God's Word spoken to us. And so we get, to, we get to read, we get to hear God's Word every day by diving into His Word um, and uh, into Scripture. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. Um, today we're talking about, uh, specifically about worshiping God at church, taking our Sunday mornings and putting it aside and coming to church and worshiping God. And since most of you are already here, I think we're doing a good start. We're, we're, we're off to a good start, right? Most of you are already here. I hope most of you are here that are here. Um, that was a joke. I, I do hope that... <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Judd. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Nobody laughs at my jokes. I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> 
Uh, today we'll be going through, we'll be, really be going through why do, we, why do we need to go to church? Why do we need to go to church? And then what, we do, at, what do we do at church? And then thirdly, why do we do what we do at church? What's the, what's the purpose? What's the reason? Um, so now that you've gotten to Hebrews 10, hopefully I babbled long enough, um, let's get into, into the Word. Let's bring your finger over to verse 19. We're going to go from verse 19 through verse 25 um, and start there. I'll read it aloud, and, and feel free to follow along. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have a confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with a full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So what does this have to do, what does this scripture have to do with going to church? Well, we see that um, before this passage, if you go, if you skim back up to the beginning of, of the chapter, we see um, that Paul talks about how Christ sacrifices everything. Christ is the ultimate sacrifice. And he talks about how Yes, we used to have these, these sacrifices that were brought to the temple, goats and sheep and animals that were brought to the temple and were sacrificed for sins, but none of those sacrifice, sacrifices could take away sins. None of them could take away sins. Um, he talks about how Christ is the only sacrifice that could take away all of our sins. And um, we see that, and some of you may have heard this, Aaron, talk about this, but we see that these sacrifices that were brought to the temple, they were, um, uh, even though they were the best of, of what the people had to bring at the time, they weren't perfect, right? So Jesus was fully God and fully man. And because he was fully God, uh, Jesus has infinite lives. Um, a sheep or a lamb has one life, right? And so a sacrifice of a sheep only covers one sin. But Jesus has infinite lives. His sacrifice for us covers all of us, all of our sins, past, future, future, present. Uh, we think about, uh, think about infinity, and if you take something minus infinity, it's always infinity, right? Anything, you could, you could subtract infinity by infinity, and it's still infinity, Right? It's infinity is infinity. Um, uh, that's what Jesus, uh, when Jesus died on the cross for us, he had infinite lives, and even all the sins in the world couldn't keep him in the grave, right? He rose again, and now we know we have eternity, have a hope of eternity with him. And so as we look at Jesus's life, we understand that it's because of his sacrifice, no one else could do it, even, even if... I decided to lay my life down for a friend. I couldn't take away their sins. 
but Jesus could. Paul says in verse 17, which is before the scripture that we just read, he says that their sins, that's us, our sins, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. So he says that because Jesus has forgiven, the sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Awesome verse. We look at um, the beginning of Hebrews ten nineteen, and we see that um, we have the ability now to enter the most holy place. He says, he says um, well, let me get that back here real quick. He says, since we have a confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, since we have a confidence by the blood of Jesus, and so we get to gather here today, we get to come in a confidence knowing that, that Jesus has paid it all and that we have full access to him. In verse 24 through 25 that we read, um, we also know, it says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur on one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up, meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. As we look at this passage, we see, uh, and the theme of, of this week, we see uh, there's a question that needs asked, and um, one that I asked before, which is, why should we come to church? And the short answer, I'll give you the short answer, and then my sermon is the long answer. So um, I'll give you the short answer. Uh, why do we come to church? Because God says so, right? That's the easy answer. That's like Sunday school cancer answer. Um, uh, when, and uh, uh, because God said so. Or uh, as the NIV states, um, well, we see in the Bible, don't forsake the assembly of believers. As the NIV states, don't, uh, we just read, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another. It's what we get to do when we come together on Sunday morning is encourage one another, lift each other up. So again, why do we come to church? Um, what is this, uh, the overall uh, theme? Why, why, do we, why do we decide to come here on Sunday morning? Well, the long answer is that we are the church. And that sounds, it may sound good, it may sound uh, spiritual, it may sound pretty right, right? But what does that actually mean, right? That we are the church. Well, we, the fact that we are the church just means that we are a part of God's family. Not that the church building is the church, but us as individuals, as we come together, we are the church, as we to come here this morning. So it's not the church building, but it's those who gather in the church building. And if we are a part of the family, if we're part of the church, as uh, the scriptures talk about, we need to know the aspects, those aspects of the church. What does it mean to be a part of the church? So first, we are going to go into uh, those aspects. So we are the church, which means we're part of God's family. We're going to go into three aspects of the church. And the first aspect is, number one, that the church is a we, not a me. I had these flipped on the first service. Literally said the church is a me, not a we. That's not right. The church is a we, 
not of me, all right? You can't serve Christ alone. You can't worship Christ alone. You can worship Christ alone, but you can't worship Christ by yourself. Uh, you can't be the church alone. And we learn this in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 13. Um, we read this scripture as we went through our Say Yes series. It talks about uh, hands and feet and the members, uh, the members of the body um, that we're all to serve. But it, uh, I'm going to read it again. Uh, it talks a lot about, um, take a lot of this away of just that we are the church. We, the body is many members. And so I'm going to read it. For just as the body is one and has many members, all of the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. For in one spirit we have all been baptized into the body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if an ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. We are all part of the body of Christ. And even though the body is one, it has many members, us. So we learn that, that you are not the church. We are the church because the church cannot function with just you. Um, we are in this together. And just like a body, we need um, feet to move us, hands to feel, a nose to smell, eyes to see, a mouth to chew. The body of Christ needs you. Even though the body of Christ cannot function with just you, it needs you. Um, and we're all in this together. The body of Christ needs people who are actively working to encourage others in the body as well as bringing others into the body. So we can encourage each other here, and then we go out and bring others in. This goes along with the next aspect of the church, that the church meets together, number two. That the church meets together, which surprise, surprise, right? It's Sunday morning, and we're meeting together. Um, this is kind of an obvious one, right? The church meets together. But some would say, some would say, um, they would say, yes, absolutely, we are the church, and we need to be a part of the body of Christ, but why, why do I need to come on Sunday morning? What, it, what is the reason for me to come on Sunday morning? There's no reason for me to come. You know, I could just watch uh, a service online or uh, stream our service live. What's the reason for me to come to church on Sunday morning? So uh, if you think about that argument, you think about an ear. How well does an ear function uh, for the body away from the body? Like, loft off my ear and put it somewhere else, it's not really going to function very well, right? It needs to be connected to the body. And so we think about, uh, there's another argument of, well, okay, well, that makes sense, but I don't need to go to church, I'm connected to Christ, I'm connected to Christ, and therefore I'm a part of the body. Um, but if you think about that, how absurd is it? You can't have a head with just the thumb, right? It just doesn't, it doesn't work. 
Um, it's not really a body, right? It's just a head and a thumb. Um, you can't be, you can't function as a part of the body without being connected to the whole body. And so that's why we get to come here on Sunday morning. And that's why we get to meet together and serve together and worship together and be here together, fellowship together, because we are part of the body. So the church must meet together. Um, here at the Christian Church, every time we meet together, we uh, tend to have a set order of service. So if you look in the bulletin, you'll see that, that um, there's just uh, through the whole bulletin, you'll see the order of service, and you'll see that most of those orders say, worship through something. So some say uh, there's one call to worship, but there's usually worship uh, in every title of, of every, everything that we go through in church, and that's intentional. We have a specific order intentionally set out um, because we have, what, an hour and a half, sometimes an hour and 45 minutes, um, to spend with you, and uh, we want to, ha- to, to um, set a time that reflects it's going to be the best uh, possible uh, set time for us to worship our Lord together um, and to to, um, to and um, engage in this dialogue with him. So that brings me to my next point, that worship, this worship when we come to Sunday morning, that worship is, it's a dialogue. It's a conversation between us and God. Just like, just like if I was having a, to have a conversation with my wife, uh, going back and forth. I'm talking, she's listening, she's talking, I'm listening. Um, it's a conversation with God. It's a call, this call in response. So we get to worship God, and we get to respond to Him in worship um, because of what He's done. We get to hear from His Word. So we're going to go through these things together. We're specifically going to go through every single part of our service. Some of you are like, well, I'm here every Sunday, so I know this pretty well. But some of you don't know why we do what we do. And uh, this is important to understand because uh, there is intentionality and a reason for our worship on Sunday morning. So the first thing we do, it's called call to worship. It's where we just take 10 to 15 minutes, uh, just like we did this morning, just like the worship team and Judd, as he led this morning, we took 10 to 15 minutes and we prepared our hearts by singing these songs of worship. Um, if you think of the, the hymn, the old hymn, Come Thou Fount, the, the line in there that says, tune my heart to sing thy praise. That's what we do every morning. We tune our heart uh, we tune our heart uh, to God's frequency. We tune our heart to sing his praise. And so um, we, we do this each, each morning, and then we, we have three songs, and we go into prayer. And a prayer time is when we reflect upon what we've sung about. We think about when, when we sing on Sunday morning, or if you're singing in the car or the radio or whatever, um, you're not usually singing your words, right? Like, you most likely did not write that song that's on the radio. Someone else did. So you're singing somebody else's words. Just like when we come on Sunday morning, you're singing someone else's words, whether it be um, the psalmist David or uh, someone who wrote a hymn or some, a contemporary artist who wrote uh, a worship uh, song or chorus. Um, we're all singing someone else's words. And so after we sing or as we sing, we get to reflect upon what we're singing instead of just like flippantly singing whatever we want. Or, you know, you know, I could, I could, 
literally come up here and lead whatever song I wanted to. Um, but we have a reason for picking the music that we do because the words that are in the music reflect um, our theology and our love and our passion for God. And so when we come up here, uh, when, or when we come up here, when we come here and pray after worship, we have intentionally moved the prayer time to three t- to after three uh, music song or worship songs, and then added another worship song at the end because it's really just a call and response. We're called to worship. We respond to what we sing. So we really reflect on the music that we sing, and then we then we use that and put it in the context of our lives. For instance. If we sing Christ in Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in Savior's love, through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. Then we get to reflect on those words in the prayer time. Uh, we get to think about those things in our lives where this comes in context with. Uh, we get to uh, pray like this. God, I thank you that even though the storms that I face, you are there and you have a purpose. Prayers like this, even though my grandpa passed away, I know he's with you, and you're good. Even though my dad was diagnosed from cancer, you are good because you're Lord, and and you have a purpose in it, and you know more than I do. Maybe a prayer like this, even though my wife doesn't know you, even though my spouse doesn't know you, I can trust you to use me to bring her to you because your power is made perfect in my weakness. This is a time where we can respond to what we sing about. Uh, We can respond to who God is. And so we get to take this time, we specifically pray about uh, those who we know who don't know Christ, who are hurting, who are in pain, who um, we pray about us, that we would be uh, God's witnesses, that we would build his kingdom this week. Everything that we did this morning, uh, we do for a purpose, and that's to respond to, to what Christ has for us. Then we continue. Um, oh, I missed one. We continue in praise and worship. We added that song there so that we can just continue to worship uh, God and, and the response, call and response, and a dialogue with Him. And then we go into communion, uh, where we again uh, respond and re- and. Um, um, we remember what Christ has done for us and we thank him for what he's done for us. We praise him for what he's done for us. Um, and we get to remember that. And then we get to the word, which is where I'm at right now, um, where we get to hear from God. We get to hear from, um, from Scripture. And through me or through Aaron, usually, um, we get to, to, to listen and even through uh, this, even though you're sitting in your seats right now, you are still worshiping, you're still having a conversation with God, because we start with our memory verse, right? So um, we get to repeat God's word back to him. We get to repeat God's word back to him, talk to him, and then we get to listen to his word, uh, hear God's word, and then we get to respond with our commitments at the end of the service. Um, and then as the worship team comes out, we get to respond again and worship God through giving and, uh, um, and um, 
We get to respond through giving. We get to respond through our commitments. And then finally, we get to respond through uh, the sending, which is my favorite part of the service, not because it's over, but because, uh, because it's so important that we get to worship God through um, not only being here, not only sitting in a pew or a chair, but uh, by responding to God's word and doing something about it. Um, it's very, very easy for us to come to church and just like we go to a movie and just come and show up and, and watch and get entertained and, and then go home and do nothing about it. But uh, this last um, point, which is the first point of, or the third point of aspect of the church, um, is so crucial. It responds to the word. Sometimes I get to sit down with uh, my three-year-old daughter, and uh, as I was going through this message, this point kept, uh, kept thinking about spending time with her and some things that we do together. Um, I get to sit down uh, on the floor usually with her and teach her some things. Sometimes, usually we're playing with blocks, mega blo- those mega block things that are you know, uh, fun to, to build stuff with. And uh, she is really, sometimes she's really engaged, really excited, especially if she loves playing with the box. So, you know, I remember when she used to, like, just beat them together, you know, just, like, constantly. And um, uh, she wasn't really doing anything with them. She was making noise, which is kind of cool. But, um, but she wasn't really building anything. So I, I remember that, and now I remember, now I know that, you know, she can, she can build towers, and she can build castles, and all that kind of stuff. And... Um, I, uh, you know, it's just an awesome time where I get to sit down on the living room floor playing mega blocks with her and teach her how to do stuff, how to build these things. And uh, I'm also trying to teach my three-year-old daughter, Ellie, how to ride a bike. And uh, so, you know, we spend hours at a time-ish and, uh, and go to the garage because it's the only flat surface I have in my, uh, I don't have a flat driveway. Um, and we go out there, and she gets on her tricycle, and she, like, puts around. She usually just pushes herself, you know, around. And then she's content, you know, by doing that. But then I'll try to teach her how to, you know, put her feet on the pedals and start going. And sometimes she just gets so frustrated and it's just, like, throws a fit and, and uh, starts crying or, you know, uh, stuff like that. Or sometimes, you know, she just, she's just over it, and she just goes back in the house, probably sits down and plays with her blocks. But, uh, yeah, they're just... Uh, so many times that uh, that happens that, that I try to, you know, try to teach her something, especially the bike. Try to teach her how to ride a bike, um, and then she gets frustrated. She gets frustrated and, and decides to do her own thing. And the same thing, we know that we are the children of God, right? We're God's children. God has intentionally set a time on Sunday morning to speak to us, to speak into us. And he uses pastors and teachers and preachers to do this. He has, he has given us instruction on how to live, but so many times we, we listen to, to what he has for us, and then we leave and we get so frustrated because we try to do it. We, we get so frustrated that we just say, forget it, and we run away, right? Or so many times we come to the service and we listen to what he has for us, and then uh, we go off and do our own thing. We don't even think about it. Um, it's so easy to do. And then, or sometimes, maybe we, we come to church, um, and we sit in a pew because it's 
or sit in a chair because it's what we have to do. We have to go through the motions, and it's something we have to do to please God. And everything just goes in and out, right? Uh, I think of my daughter, if she, uh, how defeating it would be if I just sat down with her on the living room floor and she was like, okay, Dad, whatever. You can teach me how to do this, but I don't really care. You know, <laughs> like, um, how defeating is that? How much do we do that to God sometimes? Just like me and my daughter, here's the thing. I think God longs for those, those sit-on-the-living-room-floor mega-block moments, right? Where uh, he longs for those moments where, where he's intentionally spending time with us and we're seeking him and we're listening uh, to him. We're tuning our hearts. We're tuning into his frequency. We know um, that we're not perfect and we know we can't do everything uh, perfect to start off with, but we are really seeking, we're really learning, we really want to grow in Him. I think He longs for those moments. And He longs for us to listen and, and build our lives, just like those mega blocks, to build our lives taller and greater and wider and, and bigger. And not even for us, not even for us, because we can do that for ourselves. We can, we can uh, listen to good things. We can come to church because it's good, and we can, we can listen to these good ideas and philosophies and go out and, and try to do them ourselves. Uh, but if we don't do it for Him, what's the reason? Um, he longs for those times where we do, those th- do these things to build His kingdom and to live for Him and not our, uh, not our own desires and pleasures. This is what the church is about. It's about community. It's about doing life together. It's about, it's about sitting here and taking in his word, taking in uh, the worship. And it's about going and doing and responding together. Now, there could be one person who came to church and sat here on the front row. If they did everything, they, they uh, listened to everything, they really decided to follow Christ, that would be awesome but they cannot be the church. We have to be the church together. And that's why we gather together. That's why we're here on Sunday morning. So we answered the question, why do we go to church? We answered the question, what do we do? And we answered the question, why in the world do we do it? Uh, Remember, as we uh, go to church, uh, uh, the church is a we, not a me. And and that uh, we are all in this together because we know that it's not just about me. Uh, we have specific things that we do at, at, at church because the church meets together. And when we meet together, we worship God through conversation with him. And then just like a child who gets to, to learn from their parents, we get to learn from our Heavenly Father. We get to sit here and, and listen to his word, but then we also get to do uh, the things that he teaches us. And so all of these things that are part of the service that we come to on Sunday morning are part of the service for a reason. So we don't um, start, for instance, we don't just start with the message. Um, because uh, are, we, are we tuned in to, to what God has for us? Are we tuned in? We don't end, uh, uh, we don't end with specific things. We don't start with specific things for a reason. And 
um, we get to come here together and all get to learn together in the same way. Um, so I'm going to go through some next steps for us today. Um, let's see, but before I do, I do want to read Matthew 28, 18 through 20. This especially goes along with the, next, with the last point that I made that, that, uh, that we are to respond and go out. Jesus took uh, time before he went into heaven. This is his last message that he gave the apostles, disciples. He said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So even as Jesus, even before he went to heaven, even before he ascended, he said, I want you to respond. How much more should we respond every week as we're here? And go out and do what Christ says, as we hear God's word every week. Um, and so let's, uh, this week, uh, let's be challenged to respond to God's word. Maybe, maybe you don't know what that is. Um, maybe you come here, uh, from here, and you, um, from church, and you really don't, under, you don't know what God's plan is for you this week, uh, let alone for your life and you don't know how to respond to him, um, I'm going to ask you in just a second to pray. Um, we're going to pray and ask God to help you respond. Uh, but first, um, the first thing we can do this week, uh, to it's on the back of your connection card right there. So there's a few boxes that you can check. Um, memorize Ephesians 5.15. We've been memorizing this. It's just a good thing to keep in our hearts that when we, um, that when we want to do things our own way, going back and uh, changing our mentality, living for things that matter. And second, uh, read Hebrews 10. It talks a, lot about, um, talks a lot about how Jesus was a sacrifice for us and how he paid the price for our sins. And we didn't get to read the whole thing, but I challenge you to read the whole thing this week. Um, and then we get to respond to him uh, through our life. Um, through living for him. Third is, uh, is that point, ask God to help you respond. Ask God to help you respond. Um, I think we all need to do this after every week we get together because, um, you know, sometimes we, uh, we uh, don't know how to respond. You know, we uh, come here on Sunday morning and we, we think, yeah, maybe that, maybe that, uh, Maybe that sermon was for someone else. You know, maybe uh, God had someone else in mind when he was uh, preparing Aaron to give this message. Um, but I can tell you this. He has each and every one of you. Um, uh, the message that he brings is for each and every one of you. And so pray to God and ask him how to respond this week. And honestly, it's not about... Um, it's not about, sometimes it's like getting out of your comfort zone. It's not about comfort. I mean, sometimes it's, it's going to be a hard prayer to pray. Some people say, if you're heard, be, be, be careful what you pray about, what you wish for, what you pray about. Um, be careful what you pray about, because if you, if you ask God how to respond, um, he's going to tell you. He's going to take you out of your comfort zone. And uh, he's going to, uh, but he's going to uh, have you do some awesome things for him.
Fourth, uh, let's take the church challenge together. Uh, we started this uh, last, not last week, two weeks ago. Uh, basically, it's just taking four months from here to the end of four months and um, deciding that I'm going to make God a priority. I'm going to make Sunday morning a priority, and I'm going to go to church. And uh, challenge you to do this. Even if you're on vacation, find uh, a church and go. Like, uh, God doesn't only work through this church. <laughs> so it doesn't only work through Aaron. It doesn't only work through, through the worship team here. It doesn't only work through the speakers here. Um, and so find a church if you're on vacation. Um, if you're not, come to church. Um, we love seeing your faces. Um, we love doing life together. And so uh, come to church. And then I, I challenge you guys. And it's a church challenge for you. But, but challenge God. Say, God, if I, if I come to church for this next four months, what are you going to do? Like, I challenge you to, to change me. I challenge you to, to live through me. I challenge you to, to change the people around me. And I guarantee you he'll do it. All right. Well, that's all I have for today, so let's pray. <laughs> God, we thank you so much uh, that you love us that you care about us, even though uh, you are creator God. You created everything in this world, in this uh, life that we know. Uh, God, you still care for us individually. You care for the, the biggest things and the littlest things in our lives. Uh, we thank you that we have a God who um, cares deeply for us. God, I thank you that we do get to come here today, uh, not out of obligation, but out of adoration. Lord, thanking you for what you've done for us and and praising you for who you are. Lord, because of who you are, um, uh, we come here to praise you and worship you. And, and uh, Lord, even though you have called us to meet together, we know that you also have sent us out. And we have an opportunity in this community to serve you and to, to uh, seek out others and bring them into the, to the family. May we continue to be filled up each Sunday, Father, as we come here Continue to be filled up so that we can be poured out each week. And, and uh, Lord, so we can, Lord, I pray that we would just repeat that process, allow the rinse repeat, that we would just come back you know, as empty vessels and we would get filled up and poured out and just again and again and again and change this community from the inside out. God, we thank you for all that you've done for us and we truly do praise you because you're worthy of it all. And we pray this, all this in Jesus' name. Amen.